Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pickaxe Podcast, presented by DenverStiffs.com. I am your host, and seated across, seated, seated across from me is a writer for Dime Magazine, Uproxx, Vice, Players Tribune, and Hardwood Paroxysm, it's Jordan White. Jordan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I say us, but it's really just me. <laughs> We're here at uh, Jake's Food and Spirits at 3800 Walnut Street in Denver, Colorado. We'll also be at Jake's on May 17th for Stiff's Night Out. Stiff's Night Out is a Nuggets gathering, get-together celebration um, that we do every couple months. On May 17th this year, there's going to be the NBA Draft Lottery where the Nuggets will find out if we are lucky or not. We have a 21.8% chance of winning uh, uh, winning the lottery or getting a top three pick in the lottery, one of the best odds we've had in years. So, There'll be probably anywhere from 50 to 150 Nuggets fans here uh, pulling together, trying to pull all of our positive energy to get us a, a, a top pick. It might not work, but uh, even if it doesn't work, at least we'll be in good company. So come on down, May 17th to Jake's Food and Spirits. All right, let's jump right into it. Jordan, uh, I want to ask you, because you just started with the Players' Tribune uh, a couple weeks ago, and your first article or your, your first project was the Nikola Jokic article. Yeah. Um, did you sit down with him, with Jokic, that is? Did you sit down with him once or several times? Was it at Pepsi Center? Um, no, it was actually just once. Um, wow. And it was um, it was at his apartment. Oh, awesome. Um, so, yeah, it was, I mean, you know, it was cool. And, you know, he's, he's a really good kid. He yeah. really is. Um, it's, I, like, I struggle to think of him as only a 20-year-old because, yeah. you know, like, he's seven feet tall. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that, I mean, you know, this is uh, like a 45-minute, hour-long interview. That's cool. And was he pretty eager to talk about basketball in Serbia? Was that like a topic he was? Yeah, it was. I think he was just eager to talk. Um, and, he, like, he's, he's really funny. Um, you know, some of the stuff he was saying, like, he mentioned, uh, and you probably saw on the face, that, like, he slept. Like, he was asleep when the Nuggets drafted right, him. Yeah. And his, his brother was, was, like, so pumped. And, and that's like, true. That's not an exaggeration. No, it's not an exaggeration <laughs> at all. Um, his, like, his brothers were so pumped. And, like, he, like, picked up the phone. He's like, what are you guys, why are you calling me? Like, I'm sleeping. And oh it's like, God. hangs up, which is just <laughs> hilarious. Um, but also from his perspective, I think I can also understand that. Because it's like he said in the piece, most players in Europe, I mean, especially him, when he's, you know, supposed to be a project, they stay for two years in um 
in Europe and right. they develop over there and then they come over. So it's like, okay, I've been drafted, but I'm not going to go over there for two years. Right. Like, uh, but And the whole thing happened so quick for him. I mean, he talks in the article, he's a kid all the way up until 16. He's talking about horses and this and that. And yeah. at 16, it was yeah. almost like they took me and I, I went to the bigger town and now I'm a basketball player. Yeah. Right. It was just a very like sudden and rapid progression for him. But yeah, uh, yeah it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. So, um, we'll get into some more of these details here, but I want to ask, did you get a sense for his personality? It's kind of funny because if Jokic becomes, you know, a superstar, which he has the potential to be, you'll get to claim I was the first one to ever get a feature on <laughs> I really think this was like the first feature he's ever done, uh, you know, nationally. So Unfortunately, I can't quite claim that. No? Uh, Jake Fisher of uh, <laughs> okay. Sports Illustrated did a really good piece on him a few weeks earlier. Um you know his, his his personality. He's he's just a humble kid. Yeah. Like he really is, and he just he, he loves playing basketball. He's kind of goofy. Yeah. Uh, like he's kind of your typical twenty years old twenty year old with a good head on his shoulders. Right. Um, I think he's also helped by the fact that his brothers yeah. are here. Are they here full time in Denver then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's living a, with him at the apartment. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're living there. Oh um, man, I can't imagine that house. Three seven footers. <laughs> it's got to have high ceilings, I assume. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's look. It's, I'm picturing bunk beds like a triple decker <laughs> bunk bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I mean, he's an NBA player. He has yeah. a really nice place. So, right. um, but um, yeah, you know, he one thing he he said uh, was that you know when he was young, he didn't want to hang out with his friends. He just wanted to hang out with his brothers. Yeah, that's really uh, cool. yeah, it is really cool, and that was a really nice thing to hear. And so, and um, you know, his brothers are kind of his support system here too. I think. Right. They've seen, you know, some other Serbian players and other just, you know, European players come over and, you know, no matter how skilled they were, like, they weren't ready for that adjustment. Yeah. Um, whether it was the playing time, whether it was the money, whether it was, you know, you know, just adjusting to America. And so having that support system here, I think, has been really big for him. And he's like eight years younger, I think, than his brother or something? I think it's eight or ten or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, one of his brothers played college, uh, played college ball here as well. Okay. Um, you know, and, and it's funny looking at uh, Nicola and then looking at uh, you know, his two older brothers, like, if he yeah. can become, like, if his frame can fill out like right. there's like there are seven feet tall, like, walls of muscle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are just mountains. And so, you know, like, one of the things about Jokic that, you know, we talk about is that, well, he needs to, you know, put on strength. Like, he's already, like, a fairly strong guy, but if he can, you know, really fill out his frame, that's going to do huge things for his game. Yeah. And, you know, he certainly has the frame to do it. And if you look at his brothers, you're like, oh, okay, so you've got the genetics for it, too. No problem. Yeah. I want to ask you about this horse thing, because I thought that, like, <laughs> open, you almost, you know, the piece opens up. He opens up talking about how he was into horses and even says, you know, I took fourth place one time or something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if, what that means. Even is that good? Fourth place? I, yeah, I think it was. It was I thought, I'm pretty sure it was is good. Is he like a it, jockey? Is that? He was. Yeah, he was like an amateur oh jockey. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, he loved horses, <laughs> and like I think he wants to own horses later on, like after his like career yeah. is over. Um, oh man, that's awesome. But yeah, the, like my favorite thing in that story is when he said like he. It wasn't just like yeah, I kind of liked horses. Like he would go to the races and like uh, just volunteer to be a stable boy so that right. he could just you know be around the horses, which is just amazing. Uh, is this something that's shared by his brothers? Is this like where he grew up? It's a horse town, or is this just Jokic loved the? I don't know. I mean, I know there were tracks there. We didn't really get uh, like too much into the of it, but I was just like, I remember asking like, well, why horses? He was like, I just. Really liked him. Uh, that's funny. The other thing he talks about that I found so interesting in that article was um, 
he gives a really good visual for playing in Serbia and how how intense the games can be. It's it almost he, he gives it sounds like he's a gladiator because he says you know I'm standing in the hallway we're a young team and these drums start banging and everyone's screaming and he's like we're in the hallway it reminds you of that scene of gladiator when they're kind of getting ready to go out into the arena yeah. and you go on YouTube and just t- type in Serbia soccer fans or super Serbia basketball fans there's like trash cans on fire and and people just going crazy. Did he talk? I mean, uh, did he talk a little bit about what that was like playing in Serbia amongst some incredibly rabid fans? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I mean he says it right in the piece, and you know, he's you know he said that you yeah. know there's so much passion there, and you know it's 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 for them it's kind of it's like part of their lives more so than it is here. You I mean right. you think about how rabid we are about sports uh, with them? It's just it's on another level, and I think you know. It's interesting because, um, you know, it's not just him who said it. There is, um, like, Daryl Morey, I think he tweeted once when he was at uh, a game. I forgot where it might have been. It was either in Israel or it was a a EuroLeague game. And he was like, you know, I love the passion of the fans here. And, you know, even if you look up some stuff on YouTube, like you're watching videos of it. It's scary. It is. (laughs) They're throwing they're throwing firecrackers yeah. they're throwing smoke bombs on the court you're just like what firecrackers are so dangerous they're not for indoors no they're, they're not, not for of people like it's like a smoke bomb's like hot. and this yeah. is before the game too like yeah. um i'm sure if you ask like you know some other players and they're like other players have talked about it too like in the features on them i know patrick beverly has, i think have ta- has talked a little about it where there's just like yeah but, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you think fans are crazy here. It's nothing. Compared well, I'm to sure. There. Well, Denver's kind of Pepsi Center can get really rowdy this year, so I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was the exact <laughs> all, all 200 people in the stands just going nuts, and firecrackers were everywhere. They couldn't hear a thing. Yeah. Um, who do you think uh, the piece is phenomenal? If you haven't read it, go on Players Tribune or Google Players Tribune and Nikola Jokic. It's really, really fascinating. He's a fascinating person. He's a fascinating player. And he is. And it's just kind of crazy to think that he went from sleeping through the NBA draft two years ago to a rookie of the year candidate, you know, just so quickly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's a fascinating guy. Um, who else on the Nuggets? I, obviously, you're probably not going to just write about the Nuggets or write with the Nuggets. But if you were to, who else do you think would be a fascinating um, person to write for the Player Tribune on the Nuggets? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, and I think I think it's just like in whatever capacity, whether it's a player's tribute or whether it's just like it's a feature. I'm always fascinated by Wilson Chandler. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it just in so many aspects, both as a player and as a person. Like, uh, you know, in the games they talk, they have the jumbotron, and so they like you know talk. They have uh, videos, and the players will all talk about like, you know why they love playing in Denver, why they yeah. love living in Denver, and you know. A lot of the players was like, oh, I really like, you know, like the fans or love the atmosphere. It's like kind of like cliche answers. Yeah, and yeah. maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But like Best Wilson, in the world. Wilson's like, you know, I really like the mountains. Uh, I like being able to go outside with yeah. my kids. Like, did, like, you know, skateboards. I was like, wait, what? Oh, like, my gosh. I just wouldn't picture Wilson Chandler as a yeah. mountain enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Friend of, friend of the show, uh, Wilson, Wilson Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. You know, the guy that comes to mind for me is always Mike Miller. Just because oh, the, the NBA experience that he's had is such a unique NBA experience. It really is. He's had the you know very bottom of the barrel teams and injuries, and then he's had the best teams. He's played with some famous people, and, and I just think he's and, probably a guy his – an interview or player streaming article would be cool, but I think talking to him at a bar off record oh, would probably God, be, the be amazing. fascinating. Thing. I think the, what interests me most about Mike Miller – 
um, is that everyone loves him. Yeah. Everyone. At the shoot-around yeah. earlier – or not shoot-around. It was um, – well, like when the Cavaliers were playing in Denver, they were shooting around. It was like, like 50 minutes before the game or whatever. And LeBron is in his warm-up is warming up and Mike Miller just comes up behind him and gives him like a, like, like does like a peekaboo right. thing with him. Like if any other player had done that, LeBron <laughs> would have been pissed. He turns around, sees Mike and just gives Mike Miller like the biggest bear hug. Yeah. And for the rest of that warm up, Mike Miller is sitting like on the bench right by him. Just like, I don't know if he's like talking crap to LeBron right. or what he's doing, but he's just like jabbering away. Like, it's just like his best friend. He's like the most disarming guy. I've only interviewed him two or three times, uh, you know, this season, but he's just a disarming guy in that he can kind of say what he thinks in a way that's not offensive. I think the first time I was here, I said, what's it like going to a team that's rebuilding and, and, you know, bringing winning experience. He said something to the effect of, well, you know, nobody on this team's ever won anything. And and it (laughs) sounds like when I say it, it sounds rude, but he he was just making a point that, you know, everybody here has has things to learn. And, and, I don't know. I just the way he said it with a smile on his face. I thought, man, this is a guy that like can be real, but not in a jerk way. Right. You know. So, um, I constantly forgot that Mike Miller was on the Nuggets. <laughs> yeah. For like, for, right. for half yeah. to like seventy five percent of the season, every single time he'd check in or they'd show him on the video board, I was like, wait, yeah. Mike Miller plays yeah. for the Nuggets. Yeah. Why didn't anyone tell me? He, he got a Mike Miller chant there at the end of the season. That was, that like was the a, small section of Nuggets fans in attendance for yeah, him, yeah. For calling for him. Um, let me open it up to the whole NBA because the Nuggets have a lot of fascinating players, but you cover the whole league and you have for a while. Uh, who are some of the most interesting guys to interview? Whenever anyone asks me this, my first answer is always Chris Bosh. Yeah. Um, you know, the Denver media environment uh, being what it is, you can get some really good time, time with players uh, just by being around at the right time, whether it's at shoot around, whether it's going to pregame interviews, because there's not a lot of media here. Right. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to get Bosch one on one, I think three times. Oh wow! And just kind of walking up to him because no one else was there, and you know, every time, like I, I haven't like encountered another player who's as honest, as insightful, um, and who's as engaging as yeah. he is. Like you can ask him. You know, stuff about, you know, st- whether it's basketball stuff, whether it's about stuff about his recovery, whether it's about, you know, the ridicule that he receives. He's very open about all right. of it, and he's – I've never once gotten a canned answer from him. Right. And that's the thing about – that I've learned. I don't consider myself a journalist. I'm trying to become a journalist and learn that. But um, the, I think the big thing is – yeah, I'm a blogger. But the big thing is I learn is that when you talk to these guys, there's a wall up, right? And mm-hmm. And – Sometimes you, you can tear down that wall with the right questions or, or, or the right approach or what have you. But some most guys, there's that wall between them, and, and it's always an interview. Chris Bosh, I haven't actually interviewed him, but I know guys that are like other, other NBA players where that wall comes down really easily. Um, he and he seems like that kind of guy. He is. I think it's just like he just has such a different outlook when it comes to interviews, when it comes to media, because you know he's been through the ringer before and whatever. And so he's just like, well, why not? Um, and comfortable in his own skin because oh, people just so, made fun of him for so long. He's for being so comfortable in his own but, skin. Yeah, yeah that, I think that, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, another player, even though I like, I don't think I've ever gotten like the wall down yeah, around him, but sure. I always just like talking to him and enjoy his answer, especially when he's like on a good day. Is uh, Robin Lopez <laughs> really okay? Yeah, um, one just because like of the way that he speaks, and I, I know that our listeners right now can't see what I'm doing but so what what the typical Robin Lopez answer is and so you like ask him a question like 
well, you know, you guys did a really good job on the boards tonight. Uh, you know, something just like really generic, like, you know, what was the key to you guys? You know, what was the key to you guys? You know, out rebounding the Nuggets side. Goes, These questions crack me up. By the way, they're they're asked every single game, and I get it. You're trying to get a quote or this or that, but it's. You yeah, you're like, trying to answer what was the key to rebounding. Well, we went and got the yeah, ball. <laughs> yeah, but and so Robin does this thing where he he'll he'll look up and he goes, "Uh, well, you know, we got, you know, I just kind of use my size, uh, Fareed <laughs> and Hickson are you know just a little bit smaller, so yeah, we're just able to get the rebounds." And then as soon as he's done, he looks down suddenly and like, that's it. <laughs> There's a, <laughs> and there was a. So I, I just like him because he's he's also goofy. Like if you get him talking about comic books, which yeah. I have done, like really, oh yeah, yeah. He and his brother are just huge comic right, book nerds, so right. I'll go up and talk to him about comic books. Um, One of my favorite podcast moments was Zach Lowe had him on, and they had like ten minute discussion about the best uh, episodes of The Simpsons. Oh, and like oh he yeah, just it's had great. such funny insights and stuff, and and. Uh, you know Steve McPherson, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, Steve did a Q and A with uh, Robin Lopez about Sim- about the Simpsons. It was on in Rolling Stone. I think it was like a day or two later. He got he gets an email from Trailblazers being Trailblazers PR saying, "Oh, by the way, Robin wanted me to pass along these additional thoughts oh, on these stop. episodes." Like he went home <laughs> and made notes. Yeah, he's right. Like, I forgot to mention this. Exactly. Like, he's gonna want to know this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um. I like this one because, you know, inside the NBA, it's such a mixed bag for me. I love the show. I, it's a big part of basketball culture is yeah. that show. But, you know, at the same time, I hate the show and I hate some of the stuff they do. Who would be, if you could assemble an inside the NBA of anybody, and, and, and we'll just pick three athletes. We'll have Ernie Johnson because he can't be replaced. No. three. He's there. But then you, you get to pick three athletes. Is there three guys that just that you've met, their personalities would lend themselves to interesting Ooh. television? I know this is putting you on the spot. It is. It. I was. I was prepared. This, this is good. Um, hmm. Let me let me let me think about this for a second. But um, so are we talking about like active players? It could be any 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 players in active or in history or man. So you get like a whole wealth of experience. Yeah. So I'd, I'd want. I definitely want of. Um, I'd either. I you know what like. Scenes how we just spoke about. I think Mike Miller would also oh, <laughs> honestly man. be awesome. Yeah. Or um, Sheed. Oh, obviously oh Sheed. Gosh, what a great <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> can I just get e- wait? Can I just end with that? Can I say EJ and Sheed? <laughs> just the two. <laughs> I, you know what I wonder with Rashid is is like would his takes. I think he would be really negative on certain things, but I don't think he would just be trashing every player. Like I think he would I have some so funny either. things to say. Yeah, but th- but when he did trash players, I think it, it would, would be, be going amazing. twenty minutes of it'd be gold. Yeah, um, I think something like Sheed, uh, Paul Pierce. I really? also think, yeah, I think one. Paul. Like I think because uh, Paul Pierce, when he's like engaged, yeah. gives really insightful really? answers. Yeah, I feel like he'd be biased. <laughs> I feel like he'd have a hard time being objective. <laughs> There would probably be some biases <laughs> in there, um, but I'm just thinking about you know when he's when he's retired. So like after yeah. this year, um, guys, I think about maybe like Boris Diaw has always been one. Oh of my god, I think how has did I forget a, Boris Diaw? <laughs> yeah, he just has like a wealth of experience, life experience. Also, he would just from. tell the greatest stories. I feel yeah. like, or or um, like would just give these pithy like yeah. one or two word answers. Oh my gosh, yeah, I feel <laughs> like he'd be he'd very get very, yeah. he'd be very French about it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
Well, that's a funny one. I, I kind of like that question. I think everybody, if you ask that to 100 NBA fans, they'd probably come up with 100 different answers of who they would put oh, in there. Oh, yeah. It's almost like the Mount Rushmore thing. It's You can come up with a lot of I really like stuff. that question. That's <laughs> great. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to move on now to um, the Royals. Um, we're going to talk <laughs> baseball because me and you both love baseball. That, no, that's a lie. I don't know that's, anything. That's about, a lie. Yeah. I haven't watched a baseball game in maybe three or four years. <laughs> I've gone to a few, but I didn't watch them while I was there. I right. just hung out with friends. Yeah, yeah. That's but, what you do at baseball But games. I do want to watch you, uh, ask you about the Royals because they're world champions, mm-hmm. and they kind of remind me in some way about of the Nuggets in that they're a small market, mid-market team, doesn't necessarily have a rich history of winning, but um, kind of came out of nowhere and won. So, first of all, tell me about just – you know, you're a fan of the Royals, even if you if you don't watch them religiously. Um, right. But did it just come out of nowhere? Two years ago, they were good, and then last year they won. It was so. They made this amazing World Series run uh, right. two years ago, right. where they all of a sudden and they went on this incredible hot streak to end the season, got into the wild card game. And then somehow just blew through the rest of the competition um, and made it to the World Series. And they lost. Right. In some games. And I thought, like, part of me, a lot of me was sad because it's like, I think that was our last shot. Right. Like, we're never going to get yeah. back there again. This was such an aberration of a year. Like, you look back, we hadn't made the playoffs since 85. Right. And so I was sad, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? Like, if that's if that's our like our, our height, because like, it's so hard to win a title in any sport, that I'm right. like, you know, what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Right. And then the next year, they were like good consistently. They yeah. were one of the best teams in baseball throughout the season, which is a very weird feeling to me. Yeah. Like, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, <laughs> well, clearly they're not going to keep this up. Right. Um, and then they did, and like they were, you know, they didn't blow through everyone like the the first time. You know, they had to have multiple comebacks right. um, and every single time every single time they were down in like the seventh or the eighth I was like that's it that's yeah. it you know good run everybody but you know this is time for this thing to end and it didn't end we actually <laughs> won the World Series like that's a thing that happened I didn't think I'd be able to say that in my lifetime right and that's the funny thing about sports and especially small market sports because if you're a fan of the Lakers like they're going to go through their ups and downs but they're going to be good at yeah. some point they're going to be good if you're the fan of the Royals or if you're a fan of the Nuggets and you make it to the championship game at least it, it's hard to wrap your head around it because you want a championship, but sometimes you have to be content with, man, we were pretty good there. Right, exactly. You're like, it's. I think it's kind of the like the George Carl thing. Like you had yeah. ten straight years of playoff appearances. Like not everyone can win the title. Now there's certainly there are criticisms coming sure. that, but sure. like any team in any sport would kill for that. Right. That's a really nice model of success. Yeah. That being said, winning the title is a really nice feeling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. And it was it was cool because there was all these pictures of the Royals parade. And how many people were there? Oh my god. I I mean so I, you know, hundreds of thousands. Were you there? I I didn't uh, actually I didn't go. I actually went to um game 1 though of the World Series both years. Um Oh wow. Yeah, so the first year uh, you know, it was it was a disastrous game, and uh, Matt Moore, who had lived in Kansas City for a long time, was like, "You're not allowed to watch any more Royals games or go back to <laughs> to the game again. You you obviously cursed them." And then I was like, "Yeah, you're right. You're right." Hey, by the way, I'm going back again, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but they won it this time. Um, but no, I wasn't there for the parade. It would have been pretty cool to have been there for it, though. You, you talked about. Um 
the Royals missing the playoffs for so many years. What's the Royals fan base like? Because it's not that far away from the Cardinals, who are huge, have a huge fan base and one of the most annoying fan bases in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. But they're not that far away. There's not that much that separates them. Is there a big, consistent Royals fan base, or yeah. does it kind of grow as you guys get better? No, there. I mean, there's always been a consistent Royals fan base, but I think okay. it's also it's tough to stomach losing year after year yeah. after year after decades. Um, the int- the interesting thing is that you know, and this happens obviously with sports. Everywhere, when a team suddenly rises and you know wins a championship out of nowhere, is that there are a lot more younger fans. Yeah, now and people, in. yeah, people hold the board, and you know, you can say those are bandwagon fans, but you know, if they're not, as long as they're not saying I've been a fan since the beginning, like if they're like, yeah, I'm a fan now because they're winning. Good. Right. Winning is what makes yeah. fans of people. Like, I have nothing against that. There's such a funny thing about morality in sports, right? Oh, and my God. Like, it's yeah, the worst. We're, we're good because we're there. And it's like, man, I would take so many bandwagon Nuggets fans right now. I would take anybody going to the game. Yeah. Like, absolutely. It. You want fans. Yeah. And winning is what brings fans. Like, what? Did you want them to be fans that are losing? It's hard to be fa- fans of a losing team, especially one that had no prospects for a very long time. Right. Um. So there is a consistent fan base, and it's also, um, I think you probably know this being from Denver and like in the sort of in the Midwest as well. Like there's a very fierce Midwest pride, and yep. so people have a lot of love for Kansas City. And so then when you know the Royals started doing well, like that love swelled even more. And that's what's so funny about Denver. And I, I think well, this will be a good transition to, to, to talking about the city of Denver, but Denver is such a great city in my in my opinion. I love the city so much. The Nuggets don't feel to me like a part of that. I mean, they are a part for me, but they don't seem married to the city the way other parts are. If you think about Denver, you think about microbreweries, and you think about skiing, and you think about the Broncos, perhaps. Um, I don't know. That, I don't. If, if you just ask somebody to name things associated with Denver. It would take like a hundred things before you got to Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think part of that is um, the success of other teams. Of course. And the popularity of other teams. Like we always talk about a Nuggets game. It's, you know, Broncos first, Broncos second, Broncos third, <laughs> Broncos fourth, Broncos fifth, Rockies like yeah. sixth, then more Broncos, yeah. and then like Avalanche, and then you get Nuggets at the bottom. Right. Um I also think it's tough um, if you look around the league for a lot of NBA teams to feel ingrained in the city. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's because the games aren't outside. That could yeah, be a could thing. Be a big part of it. Um, you know, it's not as much of a, as like a casual atmosphere as it is like when you go to a baseball game or when you go to a football game. Um, there's not as much pause in the action. So you know, I, th- I think it's it's tough. Like there's obviously the Bulls, the Lakers. Um, Celtics. The Celtics. Uh, but even, like, where they're, like, hugely popular, like it, like Mavericks, for example. Like, yeah. You know, I don't know if that if that really is, like, such, like, a deep part of Texas. I could be wrong. No, you're, you're, actually, you're actually right about that. Um, so I, so I, I think it's, I think it's, it's tough, but I, 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 I would agree with you, yeah. I, I don't want to lament the, the state of the Nuggets fandom right now because right. we've done that enough on the show already <laughs> through two episodes. But, um I do want to ask you about the city of Denver, though, because Denver is becoming increasingly a city of transplants and people moving here and getting younger, especially the the urban core of Denver. Um, and you're one of those transplants. You come from Kansas City yeah. area. So 
what are your impressions of the city of Denver? What do you think of it? Just broad, broad terms. It's changed so much, even in the two years that I've been here. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, some uh, some areas that like looked up and coming are now like beyond up and coming. Like they're there, yeah. and now there's already like the new area popping. Right. Up. Um, it's getting too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like Denver, please stop raising your rents right. everywhere. Right. Um, but I, I. Yeah, I think it's a really good city. I think there's a few things about it that, um, like, I'm not as big a fan of, like, you know, traffic and okay. whatnot. Um, what are some other things? I'm, I'm always curious. I mean, this the, you're not offending anyone in the city of Denver. I think everybody knows it has its positives and negatives to it. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Um, it's it's kind of tough to put um, – just like my finger on. I think it's also a lot of stuff that I would say about Denver is a lot of stuff someone would say who would move to another new city. Yeah, like, for sure. Um, but I, th- I, has, I was having an interesting conversation uh, the other day with another Denver native who's my age, and he was saying, you know, one of the you know one of the reasons a lot of people wanted to move here in the first place is because of the culture of Denver. Mm-hmm. And but the people who made up that culture are now being pushed out, right? Um, because of you know the prices and jobs and whatnot. And right. so it'll be interesting to see what this city looks like and what that culture is like in five, ten years when it's you know even now it's a lot more transplants than it is natives. Like I have a few friends here who um, grew up. I just grew up in Denver, and when I talk about going to like uh, like the Highlands mm-hmm. or you know like Rhino, they're like those aren't real neighborhoods. Like those <laughs> right. don't actually exist. Right. I think Highland is like a very specific area that's now become the Highlands, which is like every area surrounding. Yeah, it. basically. Yeah, it's anything right. like past the past it's the bridge on the highway now, but it's really just Highland. But um, but yeah, that's interesting. I was at a party over the weekend with some friends, and no, everybody would kind of joke that nobody here is a native. And I said, "Well, I am a native." Yeah. Like, oh my god, I haven't. We never. You're, meet you're like a rare animal. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, which is kind of interesting. The other thing I find interesting, you're from the Midwest, so this is not true of you, but East. I, I had some friends in college. I went to Colorado College, a private school. It's like eighty percent non-in-state people, so yeah. there's a lot of people from East Coast. And somebody said they picked Colorado College because it was close enough to the beach and the mountains. And what? And what? Like um, no. Like yeah, the, you realize, they were like, oh, I thought we could drive for the weekend to like California or something. I was like, there's a couple states. Did in they between. bother? Did they bother looking at a map? I think it was a little more tongue in cheek, but it still <laughs> gives you the, the the idea that it, you know there's there's funny impressions, I guess, to to, to what Colorado is. And then a lot of people yeah. also say. Uh, DJ Augustine, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this was DJ Augustine was interviewed at the end, of, and he was like, I didn't realize Denver was such a nice city. I thought it was a much smaller town. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, for, for free agents, you know, Wilson Chandler talked about how much he liked it here. Gary Harris wrote a, a note to, talking about how much he likes it here. I think Denver might get the Salt Lake City treatment or, you know, where it, people think of it as this little isolated spot. Um, yeah, I think when I talk to people about Denver, they never know what to think about it. There are so many uh, varied opinions and varied perceptions of it that they're like, oh, it's a mountain town. Oh, it's a bustling metropolis. Oh, it's this <laughs> right. and that. It's like, it's like neither of those just like kind of like a yes. nice like bigger Midwest city, I guess. Um, But I think that's also because Denver doesn't quite know what it is. It's in such a state of transition. It's in such a, like there's so many people moving here. Uh, I think they're, they're expecting like millions more in the next four or five years that like, you know, it's tough to know what a city is. Cause if you would ask someone even five years ago, they wouldn't have said, you know, what they would say right now. Right. Um, And then last thing, the other thing, 
that like, kind of bugs me about Denver. And this is, again, I think um, a product of the uh, like tra- all like all transfer or not. It's like kind of a lack of diversity. Like it's a little gotcha. Yep. Bothers me a little bit. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really, that's really, really interesting. Um, I come from the Northeast suburbs of, of Colorado, <laughs> which is like a, a Hispanic suburbs. Right. Um, so it's always kind of interesting too, for that. Just there's isolated pockets of different, uh, you know, racial or ethnicity, socioeconomic parts. And yeah. And I, f- I find that interesting because it's really the suburbs. You, you, you maybe think of that as uh, in in past times being more urban diversity, but now it's like suburban diversity. Yeah, right now there's very little urban yeah. diversity. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, that's cool. It's always good to hear outsiders' thoughts on yeah. on the city, and obviously a thoughtful guy. Um, so you go from being thoughtful to now we're going to have you just play a game, Excellent. Um, not be too thoughtful at all. I'm ready. Um, let me ask you the first question: the, the basketball gods are kind of assholes, aren't they? Oh yeah. They're like the worst gods they're, possible. They're not worth worshiping, really. The, yeah, the although you do realize the danger of trashing them on uh. your podcast <laughs> with the lottery coming up. You know what? This is my style, though. This is, this is, <laughs> this is how I am. I'm, I'm not going to, to suck up to anybody, not even the basketball gods. So they can uh, curse me with uh, more and more terrible draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the playoffs, the basketball gods have showed up over and over again already, just totally taking out the Clippers, possibly taking out the Warriors. Yeah. We'll see who's next on their list. Um, but now we're going to – I'm going to put you in position of basketball god, and you are going Excellent. to rank the lottery teams in terms of karma based on who deserves the number one pick most. Ooh. Deserve has nothing to do with, I don't, I don't think, how the lottery <laughs> works. But if you were, if you were to, uh, to rank the teams, I want to know uh, who you think deserves this number one pick. Oh, man. And you're, the funny thing about this, there's really no criteria. It could be for moral reasons. It could be for need. It could be anything. So Okay, so last are the Lakers. <laughs> I kind of like this, but you're, you're right. The Lakers have... What, what are some of the things working against the Lakers for karma purposes? Well, mainly that they're the Lakers. Um, <laughs> and they don't need it. They don't need it. Like yeah. Also, they just got D'Angelo Russell. Um, they moved up. They were fourth last year. Exactly. And they moved up. Yeah. Oh, killed. The Nuggets have never moved up. Uh, Timberwolves also. So, But for a much less you know, malicious reason. Like, yeah. They're set. They're set. Yeah, here's some of the things working with them. They have great. They have Carl Anthony Towns, who is a better player than has come out in the last maybe four or five drafts. Yep. Um, they got Thibodeau, who's going to be probably a top five coach immediately. As long as he doesn't wear them out. As long as he doesn't <laughs> wear them out. Um, bad attendance. Maybe that's a negative thing working against them. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So, so I can't believe they've bad them, too. I think I had Minnesota in, like, the top five or You six. had them in the top five? Oh, they've part the number one pick, like – pretty recently part of me just thinks like oh you add one more player you see i'm an nba fan probably a little bit more than i'm a nuggets fan i'm a big nuggets fan (laughs) but i just want to see great basketball so oh yeah you add ben simmons or brandon ingram to that team and it's like oh I'm watching every game. Yeah, sure, but that, <laughs> then you're getting greedy. Yeah, like that's I, true. <laughs> the basketball guys hate greed. That's above true. All. It's true. Um, I, oh, I, I like this reverse order, by the way. Um, oh, you like you like me working to the yeah, top? Like okay. Um, by the way, those two teams have like the best odds to win. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I kind of. Oh, I see where he's going. I, this is harsh. It is. It's harsh, and I'm sorry, but I think the Kings are up there simply because, oh. like, 
they've done this to themselves. <laughs> they've deserved like it. if it was if it was bad luck, if it was the basketball gods continuously crapping on them, yeah. that'd be one thing. Right. But you kind of made your own bed. <laughs> they've got a new arena next year. They've got a new logo, new uniforms. Why not yeah. a new player, fresh start? Why not a fr- new player, fresh start? Look, that'd be great for them. At the same time, <laughs> like, uh. yeah, yeah. Um, I think they have also a weird. Pick swap anyway. I don't think they can get a top five pick. Uh, or else it goes. But they have six or a Sixers pick. It's but it's like I think it, they swap or something right, and it falls right. backwards. So, um, but we'll put there for karma reasons. We'll put them back. There yeah, anyway. karma reasons. They're still back there. Hmm. I'm kind of gonna go actually. Suns here. Wow. Because Man, all, all the teams that are like de- in desperate need. Well, look, I know they're <laughs> in desperate need, but I also think the Suns. You know, this is this is karma striking them because they messed with a good thing. Right. They yeah. had Goran Dragic and Eric Bledsoe, and it worked pretty well, and it was fun. They had Jeff Hornacek, who I thought was a tremendous coach. And then they're like, well, let's add another point guard because what point guard two point guards would really love to do is actually share the ball more right. with another <laughs> yes. point guard. Right. Um, and that worked out just beautifully. Yeah. Um, and also Robert Sarver. Yeah. You know, his you whole yeah. rant about millennials. Was... Oh, my God. that He might be last just on. There's, I'm, <laughs> the funny thing is, is I'm like half Gen X. I'm 32, which I think I'm technically a millennial. But I think from like a mental standpoint i'm like a cynical jet x sure, or something sure. you know? <laughs> i hate this millennial optimism optimism but yet i'm so defensive of millennials for some reason it's, it's really it's cognitive dissonance i think i don't know what it is huh but um you're right bringing that up about sorry i almost forgot about those comments he, he belongs way back he, there. he does belong back there <laughs> um you yeah, now we actually get pretty hard so uh, the remaining teams we have are magic bulls bucks raptors sixers celtics pelicans nuggets wizards and jazz I think like, there's some easy picks here in some terms of really, like in terms of like low, they do not deserve they do yeah, not deserve yeah. it really um <laughs> a lot of my I think maybe I, the Celtics yeah what do they need it for their historic franchise with the most for championships the also the smugness yeah oh, they, also, they get docked for the smugness oh my goodness insufferable um, yeah. My, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go on a rant here okay, okay. because at CC it was a lot of New Englanders, right? Yeah. And I had no impressions of New England before this. In 2003, I think the Patriots won my first year of college. The Patriots oh, I'm won. I'm so sorry. Rich kids, like rich beyond anything I'll ever touch, running through the quads, just celebrating their perfect lives. And then after that, <laughs> the, the Red Sox, the Red Sox won. And I'm not kidding you. This entire school, whether you had even ever been to Boston or not, had turned into Red Sox fans. And after they beat the Yankees and, and, and went through that, it was another parade our school held for, for Red Sox fans to parade through the Oh, my God. And it just seemed like – and then I think Boston – or uh, Connecticut won, and then the, the Red Sox won again. The Patriots won again. Every four, every year I was there, there was two or three championship <laughs> parades, and it was just like, oh, it was the worst. So, oh, I'm so sorry. So That's I'm out on Celtics. I, I, I went to uh, my freshman year at University of Connecticut, so I feel your pain. Okay, there you go. Um – I'm going to go Wizards here. Okay. Because they waited too long to fire Randy Whitman. Oh, that's probably true. Um, he tried to change, though. He, he tried to become a, a progressive coach, and it didn't work. It didn't work at all. <laughs> um, that's a fair pick, though. Yeah. And now, so now it gets tough. I kind of want to go, meh, no. I mean, I like Magic, but not Bucks. Hmm. This is this is tough. This is tough. Maybe Bulls. I've definitely see Bulls would be one of the ones that would be immediately out for me. See, they have talent. 
They have six championships. They, they have, have talent, but I, I, they do. But I also think they've they've suffered, and maybe I should have talked them for this for their front office thinking they're much better than oh they are. Oh my goodness, you're that you're right. Um, so like you know, I don't want the players to suffer for the uh, <laughs> you know their the front office's hubris. The the theme of this is so far is billionaire smugness, right? Yeah, <laughs> basically <laughs> billionaire and fan smugness That's is basically. True. Or if you've already gotten like multiple yeah, picks, right? Um. Man, now okay, so now this gets really hard. This is interesting. Um, <laughs> I kind I no Bucks, you're fine. Wow, would you would the, you would you have taken the Bucks out? Um, there there's a couple teams here that I think are right on the that for me are pretty who, easy to eliminate. Who do you the think? Jazz, the Jazz. Really? Why, know, why do you think the Jazz are easy they're to good. eliminate? <laughs> because they're already good. Wait, hold that, on. That factors so, in a lot for you, this. For so me. how do you have the Jazz as like an easy out, but the Timberwolves <laughs> like one of the like top one or two? <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> that, that's a good point. You found my hypocrisy. <laughs> um, I think. And I, I honestly have no reason for this. Bucks. Okay. They're just gonna, yeah. I, I don't have a reason for it. Um, you know, sometimes the gods just do what they want to do. <laughs> That's true. Um, you know. You're looking at the magic I'm, here. I've, I've been looking at the magic for a while. Um, they have a lot of young talent. They have a lot of young talent. And it's a still... coach that will grind that young talent into dust. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of Rob Hennigan, their GM, though. Uh, their owner is... Their and... owner, though. Yeah. Is, their is owner? Top, bottom five, right? Yeah, their owner is definitely bottom five. So <laughs> I think, actually, I would take him out. I would okay. take the Magic out before I took the Bucks out. Okay. Plus, they've had two number one picks. You know, in a, as a short franchise, you don't need too many. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. So now we've got Raptors, Sixers, Jazz, Nuggets, and Pelicans. Um, I'm going to go with the Nuggets next Um, because – and I I think this is actually a good one because I think the Nuggets actually make their own luck. And they do a a pretty good job of that. Okay. Um, Tim Conley's pretty good at the draft. Um, So we can get the 15th pick and it'll be fine. Yeah. We don't need need number one. No, no, you don't need number one. Like – It'd be great for you. At the same time, I think you're one of the teams whom, if you didn't get it, would do just fine gotcha. without it. <laughs> That's such that you. Th- I think you think that feels good, and it doesn't. No, <laughs> I know it doesn't feel, feel good, good at all. <laughs> I, th- I can see. I can see your pain right now. Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to go Raptors. Oh wow! I just talked about it. Raptors <laughs> and then Nuggets. So now we have the Sixers. Jerry and his replacement go back to back. Yeah, in the Karma draft. The Sixers, the Jazz, and the Pelicans. Okay. The Sixers, I think deserve it i think i gotta like i think the jazz are, are my first out okay um right. because there's like but they still get a three a number three pick in this scenario, yeah so yeah so bad. now it's, it's sixers and pelicans okay so my argument for pelicans is that one so front office dysfunction there's yes, that they've yeah. although like this can go either way like they maybe they don't deserve normal pick because they had anthony davis a right. general talent and they didn't they've, do very good with it. No, they've wasted it a yeah. lot. So he, this could actually go towards bottom. At the same time, I feel bad for Anthony Davis, whose talent is being squandered currently um, because Smoothie King Center was built on some ritual burial ground, <laughs> right. and they're cursed forever. It just sounds funny to say Smoothie King Center. It didn't and feel good it, rolling it, off the tongue. It doesn't, it does didn't, it? It didn't. Um, and then Sixers... Because long live the process. Oh. <laughs> you know what? The process is dead, though. That's the thing. Is it, it, would, it would be so weird for the 76ers to finally win it. So that's so. This is the the, the Pelicans are six and Sixers are interesting ones for me because they could have been right now. They're at the top two. Yeah. 
I could have put them also easily at like the bottom because what I said, like the Sixers, like after the way you treated Sam Hinkie, like you don't deserve the number one pick. Like I, and so, but at the same time, it's like, it'd be a nice kind of like thumb in the eye for them to get the number one pick. And there's like, Hey, look, my plan was actually working all along. If, if I know the basketball gods, the way I think I do, it's going to be the Lakers. Well, the Lakers Lakers will win it. The Celtics will get number two. Yeah. Right. Of course. 76ers will probably get number three somehow. Number three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was fun. I, it sucks that the Nuggets aren't higher, but to be honest, it's hard to uh, it's hard to argue against some of these other teams. Um, but I will say that Brandon Egram would look very good in Nuggets blue. Yeah, he would. He would. <laughs> Jordan, thanks so much for coming on, man. I had a great time talking with you. Some some interesting topics discussed. Um, anything else you want to plug or anything before no. we go? I don't think so. This is great. Thanks for having me on. And and I also have to give him a thanks because I don't know how to use technology <laughs> in any capacity. <laughs> and I showed up trying to show him how this works, and it ended with him showing me how this <laughs> works. So uh, I might just have to have him on a guest every single week. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to figure this out on my own. So. I'll, be, I'll be here. <laughs> thanks a lot, Jordan. Yeah, no problem. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.